0: Mike Piscotti lost his beautiful wife Gretchen to ALS in 2018 and vowed to dedicate his life to finding a cure. He and his three sons, Stephen, Nick, and Austin, founded the ALS Cure Project, a 501c nonprofit that is 100% volunteer. He and his nonprofit team have created a roadmap for a cure and are working with the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory and the Lawrence Livermore National Foundation, along with other measures in an effort to identify high leverage research, fund it, and conduct it in order to beat this disease. He is determined and confident his journey will end in victory. Let's welcome Mike Piscotti. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Mike Pasquati.
1: Well, thank you, Tricia. It's great to uh, be with you, and uh, thank you so much for uh, for all your support. Um, um, it's, it's interesting how we our lives kind of kind of came together a little bit uh, through some uh, mutual friends that, uh, unfortunately, were also had some affliction with ALS. The Proudfoots that we know, and uh, it's great to have you help us uh, on this journey to cure ALS.
0: Absolutely. Well, when I heard of your story, let me just tell everybody that um, I I uh, was thrilled to be able to meet with you and write an article and share that in the current issue of the magazine. Um, getting to know you a little bit and and hearing it, I was I was so moved. And my very one of my very best friends, son Chris. Proudfoot was diagnosed years ago. He's fighting the good fight. He, and uh, his his mother is his biggest supporter, Helga. And she told me about you and your foundation. And I was blown away. And I, I have to say, I have a, a really good friend right now who is also battling this disease, Juliet Piccolati. And, you know, when you when it touches your life, it just, um, it, it really... Um, you 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 can't understand what's what families are going through and you you can't believe how how it affects them and you 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 feel helpless, you feel absolutely helpless. So I'm so thankful that that we met because you it it unfortunately touched your family and you are fighting. For a cure, which is what we all want, and we haven't seen, and um, so that's what we want to talk about. So let me just first start off by asking you um, about your journey and with your wife's diagnosis. How long did it initially take for your for your wife to get this diagnosis? And as she described it in the article, the bomb was dropped when when it did happen.
1: Yeah, it, it uh, it's a journey, and unfortunately, it's a it, it's a journey for everybody uh, who ends up being diagnosed with ALS because there is no test for ALS. Um, so, you, you know, if you start to exhibit a symptom and there's many neurological symptoms that maybe initially might mirror the ALS, um, you know, you, you can't just go and get a blood test or some test and look at the results, say, oh, you have too high of this level or too low of that level and therefore you have ALS. Um, an ALS diagnosis, in our case, probably, I, I think we were at it at least seven months. Um, you know, it started off with, with my wife. She started uh, exhibiting um, drop foot, and so, you know, she couldn't pull her toes up on one of her foot, and then she started start having these things called vesiculations, It's kind of muscle muscle twitching, and she would put my hand on part of her body. You feel that? You feel that? You know, and, and uh, you know, you start putting two and two together a, a, a bit, but you you we ended up going to a back surgeon who thought that maybe she had a pinched nerve. We had a back; she actually had a back surgery to try to uh, maybe uh, rectify that problem. That didn't help anything. And then uh, we ended up with the neurological uh, tests and nerve tests where you get electroded up and they shoot through and they try to measure how your electrical signals are going Different parts of your body that came back. I think we had three of those. Um, first time they did it, they didn't couldn't understand the results, and so you know, imagine now that those all take weeks and weeks and weeks in between, right? And, uh, yeah. So with that then we finally were off to more of ALS type clinics, and you get tested for Parkinson's disease and you know MS and Alzheimer's and you know all these other diseases that you know, honestly you wish you had because uh, you know when you get to the end. The, the end result is when you have none of those, you don't have heavy metals or Lyme disease or any of these that they test you for. Um, the end result is is ALS and, and uh, you know, we, we, we received that diagnosis, you know, I, I'm sure it was at least seven, eight months after we uh, she first started exhibiting the symptoms.
0: So um, she was diagnosed in, it was 2017. What did you learn that stands out the most during the 16 months between that initial diagnosis, Gretchen's and then her unfortunate untimely death.
1: To yeah, this you know, it's a, you know, really when you receive the diagnosis and, you know, Gretchen described it as the day that the bomb dropped, uh, you know, it's a, it really is a death right now. And, and, uh, you know, keep, there is no, there's no cure. Um, Clearly there's treatments, not very good ones, um, that maybe give you some extension of your life, uh, you know, maybe 10 or 20% more. Um, But you know, when you're looking at a disease that typically goes maybe anywhere from three to five years, Gretchen was a fast progressor. So she went faster, you know, you 10 or 20% isn't is in a very big number of months um, when you're you know, looking at a person who's been on this planet for fifty-something years. So um, you know it's uh, you know you when you're <clears throat> when you're in that journey, it just it it's a it's a slow um, paralization, I guess, is you know uh, of your body, and and it starts wherever it may start. ALS could start in a leg, it start in your hands. Um, people. Um, there's an onset called bulbar that starts more up in your, uh, your throat area and it affects the p- speech. And some people have not, you know, been diagnosed kind of or uh, where they thought maybe they were drunk because um, they, they were starting to exhibit that there. Um, but it, it, it tends to progress similarly uh, once it starts with everybody. Um, you know, you're, you're, it, what is ALS destroys your motor neurons, which is your body's electrical system. Right. And and your brain works just beautifully, it's not impacted um, um, for the most part with ALS, but your brain is the one that's what is sending out the electrical signals to your, throughout your nervous system, to your muscles, to move those motor neurons die. So your electrical wires, if you will um, uh, uh, break down uh, as those motor neurons die. And then you have, you lose the ability to control the muscles that are at the end of that um, those those particular motor neurons, and so most folks uh, at some point um, it'll start impacting their their legs and and uh, you know typical things they they won't be able to walk. Um, you know, you'll end up becoming uh, 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 needing to be in a chair. Um, you won't be able to get out of that chair at some point, or you won't be able to grip things, um, or you'll lose grip um and you know so you end up becoming basically wheelchair bound uh pretty much losing the ability to use your arms and legs um meanwhile your head's just brain is just working great um you'll probably have lost some ability to speak if you can know folks that have als they talk about an als dialect dial and and, and 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 it's because it impacts people in a certain way and they end up Speaking in a in a similar way, often very kind of short of breath, um, and and as that progresses, um, you start having the, the inability to breathe. Um, you know, your breathing is, is is a muscular function as well, and 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 then that becomes problematic, and you start introducing then breathing machines. Uh, people lose the ability to swallow. Uh, and so when you can't swallow, obviously you're not getting any food in. So sometimes there's feeding tubes put in or trachs put in to help uh, breathe. Um, and you know it, it, it's a it's a real miserable way to um, um, kind of go. Uh, and, and you know and, and and it's hard when you have a loved one that is a you know uh, you know oftentimes just a pillar of your family to see them uh, kind of suffer that way is a. It's pretty tragic, and it and it happens as you mentioned to you know your neighbor to, you know it it is um, you know about six thousand people are diagnosed every year in the U.S. Um, about six thousand pass every year always around eighteen thousand or so have it um, in ALS uh, in the U.S. at any um, point in time and so I think you'll, you'll as you talk to people and I've talked to people there's so many people that have been have known somebody. Who's had ALS um, at some point? Most of them aren't, unfortunately, aren't here with us anymore. But um, it 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 it's its presence is pretty wide.
0: So this is, you know, we all know this is an absolute terrible disease, and in battling this, your passion now has been to find a cure and um you it is it, it touched your life your, your your son's life and you have you come from a background of, of sports and um and also um a, a it background as well um but with the sports um tell me about that your mindset because of of your background with sports and how that you know, how, how your background, tell me a little bit about your background and how that really, really plays a part into your, your determination to find a cure.
1: Well, thanks, Trisha. Yeah. You know, when, whenever you're out to work on any particular problem, it's, it's great to kind of try to assess yourself and, and leverage your strengths. Um, I, I happen to have been blessed to coach all three boys through a lot of different, uh, 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 baseball and basketball teams and we've won some national championships in baseball. And so we, you know, we've had some success and And I drew upon that a little bit and trying to think what was it that made us be successful um, a little bit in that space. Um, and, you know, and I also looked at my, 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 my work. I'm a, a project manager. I manage large IT projects at Lawrence Livermore Lab and um, and in, in all, both cases, really. Uh, you're, you're reliant on. You're you're most successful if the whole team is contributing, right? And and uh, uh, what I've learned in the ALS space is there's many uh, organizations out there, universities, um, biotech companies, things as such um, that are very well-meaning. Um, people and they, and they care a lot. They really understand the horrors of this disease and they want it to go away. Um, but there isn't a lot of funding for, for these um, efforts. And when you end up with a uh, well, very uh, diverse set of organizations that are, are doing ALS research that aren't terribly well funded, and then they're not necessarily working together, um, you end up with that problem of you know there's an elephant in the room and everybody's got blindfolds on and you're you know you one person's examining the toenail one's got the tail one's got the trunk and everybody's trying to figure out what this thing is. Uh, ALS is complicated and um, for us to work independently isn't great. So th- what I felt like I could bring was was that coaching background that the, trying to understand how to get us all to work together. Um, you know whenever I got a new team every year. Every kid wants to play shortstop. <laughs> it's just the way that, right? Yeah. So, um, and, and, and you can't play a game with 12 shortstop. So, you know, you you, you try to figure out and you, and you, and you teach these um, young men how to, and, and ladies actually have some big softball players on my teams too, that would end up, uh, you know, uh, accepting a particular role and saying that's what's most important for this team to be successful. And um, and you look for collaborations, right? And so that that's what I've attempted to bring, um, kind of looking at the ALS community. Where are the strengths of different organizations? Trying to find um, collaborations um, with different uh, uh, researchers at, at at all kinds of universities. I was just talking with the research at the from the University of Montreal um, this afternoon, and trying to figure out how uh, she had some work that was presented that I think is very relevant to some of the work we're doing at Lawrence Silvermore Lab, for instance, and you try to make those connections um, and and then hopefully we get to a cure as fast as possible. Our goal at, at ALS, our ALS cure project, again, we're 100% volunteer. We have one mission in, and that's a cure for ALS. And uh, we won't make a dime off of anything. We're not out here to make any money um, we're, we're here only focused to, um, uh, come up with a cure and then Mike's going fishing. So, um, uh, this, this organization will cease to exist. We're hoping to put ourselves out of business and uh, as soon as possible.
0: So that's what I was really so impressed with when I found out from my friend Helga that you are 100% volunteer, that every dollar donated goes to research that, um, And in the article, we elaborate on a a lot more um, information about what that entails. But I, you know, that's one of the things that, that um, there's a lot of great organizations out there, but it doesn't mean that 100% of every dollar spent goes specifically to research and finding a cure. So I was so, it just made me want to hop on board. It made me want to um, do a fundraiser, raise funds with COVID, <laughs> which makes it really difficult. But we had, you know, we, we we're still gonna do it. We are going to it, we're <laughs> gonna set a date, we're gonna do something great out here in East Contra Costa County. You're in Danville, just so people know, but so you're you're in Contra Costa County. Um, mm-hmm. so let's get back to ALS. I have a question for you. Um, there's so much we don't know about ALS. Why do you think that is? <sighs>
1: It's, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting uh, dichotomy. I mean, there's, it it, it is, it's classified first of all, as a rare disease. Right. And, and so just, just based on the numbers around 2 million people have cancer in the U S and you know, maybe 16,000 have uh, ALS, right. So that's, that's a big difference. Right. And, and, um, and it also makes, that's a big difference in the drug companies and how much they feel uh, motivated to work in a, in a particular area um, the so given that it's a rare disease um, somewhat um, it, it's just a matter of money right where are you gonna spend your you know your, your research dollars um, there, there, there isn't a lot of that it's also a very difficult disease to understand um, and it, there hasn't been just this easy thing, this one thing to point at that says oh, it's going to be ALS. Um, there's, and we also honestly don't know if ALS is only one disease. There, there is a, um, uh, there's, there, there's, They tend to think of it into two categories. They'll call it familial or genetic ALS. These, these, There are some genes, SOD1 is one, C9 ORF is another. There's been almost about 18 or 20 of these that have been identified. If you have one of those, you're you're very likely in your lifetime to get ALS. We don't know when you will or what causes the disease to start, but if you have that SOD1 disease or a gene, excuse me, you will get ALS if you haven't passed from something else, right? So that's the the familial side. That accounts for about less than 10% of the ALS cases. The other 90% are known as sporadic. And that basically means we have no idea why they, it starts. Uh, We don't know the cause at all. There's no causal factors that that have been yet to be identified. Um, And, and as you look at that, it's, it's very difficult when you, when that's your knowledge of a disease for a drug company to say, ah, we're going to go figure it out. I mean, you just take COVID, for instance. We we all We all have a picture of that little ball with those red things sticking on it. That you know is the picture of what the COVID virus is, right? We don't have an ALS virus. We don't we don't have any a target, right? We don't have those biomarkers that tell us what the disease is, and we don't know how why it starts. And we don't know what makes it progress to continue. You know, once it starts, what what makes the body continue to destroy those motor neurons until you you know the end. So um, why we're here uh, a little bit, cause it's maybe rare disease. I think a little bit, it's, it's a hard problem. Um, a little bit is the, the way that research is is, is uh, handed out. Um, you know, with, we've got, most of these people that are working on this are doing it via government grants. Those are annual grants. Um, at times there can be, uh, and I say it's not just unique to, you, to ALS, but there can be research done for research, Purposes, right? You know, where you 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 find it's a real hard problem, and you just try a bunch of different things, and you just keep repeating and rinsing forever, and you, know, you keep getting money every year um, for your lab. So um, we want to change that focus. You know, I, I really want to bring to the front, and in all the meetings that I'm in, and whenever I speak with people, and I'm, I'm asking them about their research, um, you know, I'm asking, what is that going to do for a cure? you know, what, what is it, what, where, what pathway is this? What, what is their theory? What is it that, that they're doing? So we're not just doing, um, kind of research for research purposes. Um, in our organization with ALS Care, I was worried about that. I, I felt like through, uh, my son, Steven, and, and again, Stephen plays for the Oakland A's and, and we've been able to leverage his uh, persona, which has been amazing that he's been able to, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I don't continue to focus on baseball uh, when you know this uh, <clears throat> gets brought <clears throat> front and center to him a lot, right? And uh, you know he's been just j- just amazing from that perspective. He's um, you know, really been our um, you know our draw, if you will, to uh, yeah. to get uh, bring people to help uh, uh, contribute funds um, for this disease, and 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 it's it's very difficult to raise money or just kind of basic research. Um, and, but that's really what we need. <laughs> we can't stop, the, the ALS, the ALS community must lead the uh, league, if there were a league, in number of failed drug trials. Um,
0: wow. and, it, and one of
1: the reasons is there's no biomarkers, there's no tests, you can't really, it's very hard to see if I give you know a person some treatment, give a hundred people that treatment, are, are they progressing or not? They have very rudimentary ways of measuring progression called the frs ratings right which is kind of asking you well is, are you having trouble eating are you having trouble picking things up on a scale of one to five right and so kind of how you feel that day how your energy level is all that it's a very subjective scale it's all we have right now um, but but because we don't have those biomarkers or tests it's hard to tell when i give you something if it's getting better or worse so that but that basic research, which, again, we're trying to work on, um, we do that with our research council, our, uh, our organization. When I got involved, I wanted to have a body that as we raised funds, like through the golf tournaments that uh, Mike Crawford and Brandon Crawford have done for us, um, have been huge from the Giants. Um, yeah. They, When we get those funds, we wanted to figure out how, how, how best to utilize them. And so I created a research council, some of the top um, um, uh, doctors, uh, ALS researchers in the, really in the country, Dr. Katz from Forbes Norris Clinic, and Dr. Bowser from Barrows, uh, Dr. rabbits from UCSD, Dr. who was on it, and uh, Dr. Puglisi from Stanford. And that's our, our research council. They, I meet with them on a regular basis. Uh, we review the work that we um, started and we evaluate new efforts that we feel are uh, uh, kind of real strategic in terms of where we're going to, what we're going to work on uh, and fund next with our money that we raise.
0: And let me just say the, the nonprofits that are out there supporting ALS, a lot of that is going to caring for these patients because the expense and the care is so expensive. And so, um, I, I don't want to take, you know, light of that aspect, but you and your and your nonprofit are geared 100% towards the research, which is what has, uh, unfortunately, not um, um, it, it hasn't it hasn't gone as far enough to to have, to have a drug, a new you know a drug in year, a new drug in years. It hasn't it hasn't found a cure. Um, you have created a roadmap. For a cure, tell us about that roadmap and and that whole process. How you put that together?
1: Well, um, you know, I mentioned the problem of uh, you know the, the you know the elephant and all the researchers uh, looking at different parts of it. Um, we wanted to. take, we, There are a number of organizations that um, are doing ALS research, but we what we wanted to do was figure out how could we. What what was the first step? right? Um, What what do we need to do first? We we know so little, but what is the first thing that we need? And then what would be the next thing? And what's the next thing? And as we identified those milestones, so if you look at this crazy roadmap here, you'll notice some suns on here and those suns are breakthroughs. Those are medical breakthroughs and the very first two on the left are really the most important to start. That's where we're focusing now, as we, we got together a group um, uh, at Lawrence Livermore lab. um, Well, It was a virtual session held in october every wednesday in october we had a group of invite only ALS researchers from across the world really uh, participated with us uh, virtually and we got together we went to breakout sessions we created shared google docs and we 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 mulled over what are these what what were these key milestones what are some of the key research that needs to be accomplished in order to get to a cure if you see this roadmap on the far right there's a green target and that, that means that we've cured ALS um, and, and so the the, the suns the very first one is the disease progression mechanism and and that just means that once that disease starts in a person like Gretchen it was a drop foot, what is it that in the body that makes it continue We felt that if we wow. could learn that um, then we'd be able to go to the maybe the next step which is understanding what started that process um that's the disease initiation steps and then maybe we'll, we, once we got there we identify there might be more than one disease in als ALS because there's no test for it we might have multiple diseases in there many people think that's the case they kind of all end up attacking the body the same so that's why they call it als but there may be different diseases once we get the diseases identified We'll be able to create models, we'll be able to create other biomarkers that help diagnose whether you have it. And if that type of information, armed with that information, the biotech companies, the drug companies, we fully believe we'll be able to come up with a cure. It's the, that risk that the, the reason that they're not heavily engaged right now is that there's such a high risk of failure in drug trials and ALS, because we don't have these biomarkers and they, and they don't really know what they're targeting right now with with those therapies there was just a huge one that was just presented last week in the international conference neuron was a, a you know so much excitement for it it was a stem cell treatment and basically the results were it didn't do so well um, again but you know it did okay for some people and not for others so because of the way trials are run they viewed it as pretty much as a scientific from a scientific perspective as a failure so you know this, this roadmap, we, we believe when we give the drug companies the mechanism, the biomarkers, uh, we understand why it starts. That's plenty of information, and we believe the drug companies will end up ultimately getting the cure, but we have to get there first. We have to understand those first pieces, and all those those tasks, um, milestones on the left of those um, um, stars that were on that diagram, those are all research Tasks. we call them task pins and they're all research efforts that some of them are funded, some of them are not. Um, But there's interesting things in there, like brain on a chip, uh, being able to model the the processes around uh, motor neurons on a chip. Um, There's looking at multiple genes in there. There Maybe instead of just one gene, there's four genes and we're gonna use supercomputers to figure that out, uh, physics-based modeling. These efforts here are, many of them need funding and, uh, but what's was valuable about the roadmap is to identify what they are and and to put them in sequence and be able to say, okay, if I go to the NIH or if people donate money to us, we have an idea what we should fund first as we work towards um, um, this this roadmap to a cure. Wow, that is,
0: Absolutely amazing. I I think um, to me that that roadmap is 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 huge. And 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 I know you're at the beginning of this, you know, of it still. But just to have a roadmap to begin with. And I know that you uh, work you work at the Lawrence Livermore Lab, and there's a foundation, and there's a supercomputer, and you're utilizing that as well. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I, well, I've worked with the lab, I think now 35 years, but all, all on the IT side, and I happen to, you know, the Livermore uh, lab has participated in some very interesting um, other areas outside of just defense. We, we've worked on the Cancer Moonshot, uh, modeling the RAS protein in cancer, um, worked with the NFL on understanding traumatic brain injury, um, we, we have, some amazing people that understand uh, uh, how to utilize these supercomputers that we have. We have supercomputers there um, for our mission, which, um, you know, in national defense, right? And oftentimes, it may be modeling a nuclear uh, explosion of some sort, right? And you need just tremendous power. So we've created, uh, there's a there's a $400 million supercomputer at the lab um, named Sierra, and we hope to be able to use utilize its uh, power to run uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning models um, to understand, again, more about this disease. We want to understand why, what is that? What is the the, the mechanism of the disease? Why does it take part, you know, the body? And, and so we've started uh, utilizing that through Livermore Lab Foundation is a, a new organization relatively. I think it's maybe three years old. And, and in the past, the lab could only work on uh, national defense um work Um, this foundation and the agreement has allowed us to bring in money to lawrence livermore lab to utilize those capabilities as long as the the science is being advanced that for the lab's mission right and so uh which is a tremendous opportunity um i to be able to use a 400 million dollar computer means i didn't have to spend 400 million dollars to get one Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah right and, yeah. and, I, and the people that know how to use it and then and the programmers and, and that whole infrastructure, we're able to bring in funding and, and buy time and buy and pay for the, the resources, the people to work on it and, and, and leverage that resource. And and we're really uh, just thrilled um, with our partnership with Lawrence Livermore, uh, with, excuse me, with the Livermore Lab Foundation through Donna Crawford, who's the president. Um, we have a, outstanding partnership with, with them. And, and uh, uh, in fact, they funded the um, the symposium that we, uh, that created that roadmap for us. So it's a, a very tight uh, partnership that we have with them. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's not just that we, we, as an organization, we've put a fair amount of money into the Livermore lab. But we've also uh, given money to Stanford and, and some other organizations. And uh, we hope as we raise more funds, additional funds, that there'll be other road task pins on that roadmap that we'll be able to fund, um, uh, with other organizations as well as we, as we go forward here. So we need.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So you and Gretchen have three sons, Stephen, Nick, and Austin. Stephen, as we said, is the right builder on the Oakland A's and, um, the A's have been a great supporter and, and so have the Giants, which is great. Uh, uh, You know, tell us a little bit about that and what that has, you know, what that support has enabled you to do so far.
1: Yeah. You know, I, the A's, I'll start with the A's, um, you know, uh, their, their president, Dave Cavill, um, who I I reached out to early on in this um, is an incredible guy. He's a, I think he actually teaches um, entrepreneurial studies at Stanford in addition to his other job. And he's trying to get that stadium for him. But he's a very, uh, if you've ever met Dave, highly energetic, uh, very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just, he's been a person who I would, as I was creating the ALS Cure Project and trying to figure out how to don't get moving and get organizationally, um, Dave helped me with that a lot. And and uh, the A's have, um, I'm actually a, a, a former Former, well, not former. I am a employee of the Oakland A's. I'm, I'm the ALS cure. I'm the ALS ambassador, I think, or something. Hey, um, okay. uh, they, they've actually funded my trips to um, uh, Glasgow and to Perth when I've attended the international conferences. Um, so I've had amazing support from that organization. From that perspective, obviously they f- help fund and they help help us bring players to our, our dinner galas and and Um, in that space. One of the more fun things that that happened this year was with COVID and and not being able to hold our, we had to cancel our golf tournament. Um, And so we were struggling figuring out how we were going to raise some money. And I happened to see the cutouts um, coming out, the fan cutouts at the the games. And I asked, I called Dave, I said, is there any way we could put a special something together where we could uh, raise some money for Alice Cure and and put in some cutouts there. And um, we, we sold over a thousand of those. Um, and, uh, that brought in, um, I think $5,000 um, to our organization in, in, in just in that. So there, I, I can't say enough, uh, about the support, um, the A's, the giants, um, uh, um, you know, that's, that, that relationship is Mike Crawford and I are, are, are friends. Uh, both of our boys are from Pleasanton. Um, uh, Steven went to, uh, Amador, uh, Brandon went to Foothill high school. Um, they're about the same age. They didn't quite play with each other. It was a little bit of overlap uh, in their time. But um, Mike and I know, knew each other. And, um, you know, I used to work out with Mike at a, at a health club there in town. And he, he, uh, we got together, and, and they have a foundation um, tournament for the, the Crawford Family Foundation that they run every spring training the, before the, the first game. And uh, so for the last few years, he's uh, let us be the beneficiary of that um and uh it, it is it's grown to be an amazing event um it, you know i think last year we had over 30 um, pro uh, baseball players uh, join us um tremendous uh, number of uh, uh people with als have have, have joined um it's a really powerful event um down there uh, we have no idea how we're going to do it this year <laughs> so it looks like spring training might be delayed or blah yeah. so it's just but but all, all in all the Giants have been just um, amazing supporters of that, uh, big, big sponsors of, of, of Mike Crawford through that tournament and uh, we greatly appreciate all of them. Um, Major League Baseball is hopefully stepping up. I have a, we have a very big meeting tomorrow. we there's been a group that's been working over 18 months that I've participated in to establish a Lou Gehrig's day in baseball. And, uh, and, uh, we're, we're hoping, uh, we have all 30 clubs now have, uh, are on board players association, umpires association, a lot of, uh, of famers have signed up. So we're hoping we have enough momentum to encourage uh, major league baseball to establish a a Lou Gehrig's day, uh, on the calendar there as well.
0: Wow. That will be awesome. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And tell (laughs) us, um, you know, we're, we're, um, we're getting to the end of the show, but of course we know you need funding. Tell us about your website, what people can do, um, what type of support do you need? Uh, what can we look forward to in the future? How can we get future information? All that.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. So, you know, there's, there's opportunities to, um, come to our fundraisers, um, is in, in this next year, We hope to have a spring training one. Still, it's, eh, we'll see based on the schedule. Um, We have a golf tournament scheduled for June 7th at the Rinda Country Club. And we're looking for corporate sponsors as well as golfers to come and uh, come to that event. We hope to have some players out there, not quite pro am, but kind of a celebrity golf tournament. Yeah. We've uh, held a uh, dinner gala. uh, our first one was you know, it was the last year, the year before, uh, at the Black Hawk Auto Museum in uh, Danville it was just an amazing event. Uh, I think we had 16 players. Each table had a player sit with them, and uh, it was a, a great evening as well. So those are opportunities clearly to um, do that. If people want to um, raise money on the, their own, um, you can you can um, say for your birthday, you're instead of you know send me money, uh, create one of those Facebook. Um, uh, programs. We were, we're on Facebook as well. People can do that. Um, the other big piece, and really one of them, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, folks can help us right now. Many of you have uh, look at your finances kind of at the end of the year. And after you handed all know, all your money for Christmas presents, maybe there's a little bit left um, there and you could donate to uh, our charity. Um, we, again, we're a full 501 3C. You'll get a nice tax receipt. Um, and, uh, we, we do have a bit of a year-end uh, um, giving drive where we're hoping that people can uh, help us and uh, help us fund some of these uh, very, very impactful and vital research uh, efforts that we're uh, pushing forward with.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, Mike. Well, you know, I plan to do, a, uh, as soon as it's safe, I do plan to do an event out here to raise funds and to honor some of those out here in East Contra Costa County who are Absolutely. suffering from this disease as well. Uh, just in any way that our community can come together and show support to them and then donate to you because what you guys are doing is, is really imperative. And it's it's giving it's giving anybody out there with ALS hope, right? It really is. And, and this, um, so we did a feature article in the 110 Magazine, December's issue. Um, we, were, we were just honored that you shared your story and, and your information and, and we're so thankful for your time today. You can go to our website, 110mag.com if you want to take a look at that article because it goes into a lot, it's a lot more in depth than what we talked about today, but um, you know, it, it, we had some great and absolutely wonderful information that was shared today. And feel free to share this link and share this information as well. And, um, and if you can, please give, give, give um, this, these are, that's what our magazine's theme is this month. It is giving back. It's the giving back issue. And right now, um, you know, it is, if um, for this, there's some that are able to give back. That's great for, for those just to, to support any way possible with, with ALS, even um, checking out your website and finding out about future events would be great. So, yeah. so um with that i'm just gonna thank you mike and um uh you know i just i thank you and I, i'm i'm really sure that we're gonna have a lou gehrig's day and i have no doubts but i'm i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed so everyone put the good vibes out there but most importantly i love okay. your determination mike i love it it, it it's I I'm, I'm so thankful to have met you and it, it inspires me and, um, with people like you and, and the whole team, your, your, your staff, your sons, the A's, the giants. Um, and then all, you know, all that you're putting together with, with your posium and your roadmap. Um, I, it just, I, I'm just thankful to, uh, to that, that you've got all of this going on and it, it is going to lead to a cure. And, um, the sooner the better, the sooner
1: the better, so. Absolutely, thank you again, Trisha, you're amazing, um, I, I love your, uh, you know, your energy, and your, you know, your caring, um, it, it, it's it's huge, and I, I guess I'd just uh, like to welcome you to the team, and. Uh,
0: yes, awesome.
1: But, uh, and I wish everybody, um, uh, you know, happy holidays, stay beef safe, we're almost there with those vaccines, so I just did a little calculator. I'm I, I'm going to be 265 million in line or something, but we'll be all right. All <laughs> <don't care>. so. <laughs> good.
0: Yes, yes. So stay safe, everybody. <laughs> and I just want to say, you know, happy holidays and happy reading always. And thanks again, Mike.
1: Thank bye you. Bye bye. Thank you. Mm-hmm.